Hey y'all, it's Bailey McBride from Major League Fishing's Lines In Podcast. In this episode, I sat down with MLF Pro Mark Davis at the General Tire World Championship to discuss his sons, the high school and college bass fishing circuits, and the importance of getting outside with a rod in your hand to have a real experience. No pun intended. I hope you enjoy the show. Mark, thanks for being here. Good to be here, baby. Thank you so much. Um, we are so excited to be fishing this first ever event here in Nacogdoches and the surrounding area. You fish your first day tomorrow. So what are your thoughts? You know, what were you thinking driving down here? What are you thinking now that it's actually tomorrow? You know, are you going to sleep tonight? Hopefully I'll sleep tonight. I'm thinking that we're in East Texas and Nacogdoches and I'm thinking big bass. You know, I'm thinking like. I hope I put big enough string on my reels, you know. I mean, I'm thinking that uh, we've got rain in the morning, and then you know, we've got a front going through. It should be a day that the big fish will bite. I mean, these waters in this area are known for, I mean, like, not just big bass, but giant bass, like Texas share lunkers, which are 13-pounders, which I call teeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... You know, it'd be pretty cool to see that happen. If someone could catch one, maybe two, you know. I mean, that would be cool. If we don't do that, maybe at least get a double-digit fish, you know, something over 10. But I'm thinking big bass, you know. And I'm thinking, what will these fish be doing here this time of year? And I'm just, I don't know where we're going, but I know, you know, the spawn is right here. Yeah. And those big fish should be up. They should be active. Uh, It's pretty exciting stuff. It really is. So you mentioned the spawn. It's got a full moon going right now. Um, It's obviously big bass country, even though we don't know the exact body of water that you're going to be going to. How does all of your, I mean, many years of experience fishing all across the country, but specifically fishing here, you know, Rayburn, Toledo Bend, everywhere. What, even, you know, looking at like Okeechobee and some of the other places that are, you know, uh, latitudinally in the same kind of area. How do you bring that knowledge into what you prep, what you tie on, what you get ready to take out on the boat tomorrow? Well, you know, I'm probably not unlike any other MLF angler. I pack everything but the kitchen sink. But with it being the spawn and big fish and the possibilities of big fish, you know, I, you know, really and truly a slower technique could absolutely dominate this thing. Uh, you know, because you know, we're talking about Florida bass, we're talking about the spawn, we're talking about the potential for a lot, probably a lot of five pound plus fish. Uh, you know, a, 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 a real fast moving bait may not be the way to go. And I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping that it's a slow down, slow grind, you know, spawning fish. When you get a bite, he's a big, I'm hoping for that kind of a tournament. As opposed to, uh, you know, running around, throw a crankbait, swim jig, chair bait, spare bait, and you don't catch two and three pounders. And, it, and that, it may play out that that's the way that, you know, you have to play the game, but that's not what I'm hoping for. Yeah. And with that, you know, going for those big fish, um, a lot of the time in our cup events, it can end up being a numbers game. It can You can nickel and dime your way to the top Absolutely. with one pound fish, you know, even two pound fish, and mm-hmm. that may not be what happens here. So how do you kind of prepare for that, that the score tracker is not just going to be lighting up with one pound fish, but it may be lighting up with five, seven, ten pound fish? Right. Yeah, you're going you're, you're gonna to have to remember two things. You can get behind real fast, 
but you can also catch up real fast. So seemingly you can be spun out mentally out of the ball game. Think I'm 17 pounds or 18 pounds or 20 pounds behind. Mm-hmm. And 20 pounds down here on these lakes, I mean, you hit the right little stretch. I mean, you could erase a 20-pound deficit in minutes. So you can't let the score tracker just dominate your mind and think that you're out of it. Nor can you get a big lead and feel comfortable with it. So that's going to be the difference, I think, in this event and some of the other ones that we have fished in the past where it was a you know, it was a chore just to get a bite. You were happy with a bite if it weighed a pound or two. You were happy with it. And then you just try to put another one together and you know, you just keep trying to get a bite, get a bite, get a bite. That's probably not gonna get you there in this one. I mean you're gonna have to get a bite, get a bite, get a bite, but they're gonna have to be quality, at least some of them. And uh, I could just, I could just, I have to. My, I'm, I'm working on my mind because I'm, you know, I'm the guy that usually falls behind mm-hmm. because of my fishing style. I don't go and fish real fast. I'll tend to fish slow. I'll try to figure it out and then come on in that end of that second quarter or second period in that third period. I try to make up all that ground and do my damage. It's, that's that's kind of the way I fish. So I've got to tell myself. You know, hey, you might be 20, 25 pounds down. Might be 30 pounds down. And, uh, but, you know, a lot of times, the way you play your cards in, the, in this in this game, the MLF's a different animal. So, you know, you have to play your cards right. If I can figure it out on how, you know, to slowly, here's the thing. You've got to figure out how to get the bites that the other anglers are going to overlook. Let them fish right over them, and you have a way and a technique to go in and, and, and catch those fish where those guys fish too fast. Is there anything more frustrating than fishing behind someone and have or having someone fish behind you and then catch all the fish that you didn't catch? Oh, it's a, it, it really works on you when someone comes behind you and catches them, you know. And I'll tell you, you know, some of the best anglers in the sport, I do not mind fishing behind. I'm not going to start naming names, but you can start making some guesses, you know. <laughs> but, and now there's some other guys I will not fish behind because I feel like when they get done, they've caught everything there. So, you know, Kind of knowing these anglers helps a little bit. You know, who is that? Or, you know, well, it's Kevin. Well, okay. You know, who is that? Well, that's Crete. Oh, we barely. Mm-hmm. And there's an example right there. I mean, I, you know, Crete and I fish a lot. A lot. I don't feel like Jeff Crete's going to leave very many fish in an area. I mean, he fishes slow and methodical. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kevin, you know, Kevin's looking for that that uh, aggressive bite that, that you know he and he's going to cover enough water to make up for it. He don't mind leaving a few behind. So I, you've got to know these guys. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of that, you know, there's 12 of you that are here, um, the top 12 in the point standings as it is currently mm-hmm. uh, in the two-year points totals. Um, what can you kind of say about this field of anglers, the 12 of you that ended up here? Um, you know, <laughs> well, I can tell you this, you know, you always look at what, what group you're in. And uh, I said, well, you know, what's the first group? And they named them off. And I'm like, ooh, boy, that's tough. You know, what's, what's the second group? And they named them off, and I'm like, dang. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's just no there's there's no dead wood in this bunch. I mean, it's just, just stellar from top to bottom, and uh, there's no such thing as an easy group, you know. And he said, I don't want this guy in my group. You know, that, you know, 
It don't matter. They're all good. And and you know, in MLF you're it's more of a ball game in terms of you're fishing against those guys. You're still trying to you've still gotta figure out the fish. You're still fishing against the fish. But at the same time, you're fishing against, you know, it's it's a personal deal. I mean, this is this is the one fishing contest where it's uh, you know, in this tournament it's it's personal. I mean, we're fishing against each other. And, and and we know the score, and you know if you're ahead or you know if you're behind, and uh, it's pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. One thing that's unique about the format for this week compared to what we normally do at Cup events is that you're going to be, uh, you know, judged of who's going to go on to the next uh, point of competition based on a cumulative two-day score rather than a single day of fishing. How do you kind of take that, you know, going into the first day, and then how do you think you'll, whether you're the top guy or the sixth-place guy, going into the second day, how do you kind of strategize for that? Well, you know, first thing I say, I go back to what I said earlier. You can, if you're in the lead, you can't be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And if you're behind, you can be... Hopeful. You can be hopeful. Yeah. You can be hopeful that uh, that you know you, you, you can't catch up. Um, I like that format myself with the shotgun round being first and then the elimination round being second. I really like that because it is, and I don't know if we're going to the same water or not. Obviously, we don't know that. Doesn't matter though. Uh, that weeds the luck a little more. The luck element. In fact, it totally weeds it out. I mean, you've got to be the most consistent for two days mm -hmm. and then and then you move on you know, any guy can have a have one good day but you know when you have two days and you're carrying that weight over cumulatively it's uh i like that i like that a lot yeah i think it's going to be really exciting to yeah. see what you guys are going to be able to do with that um switching gears a little bit i'd like to ask you about arkansas which mm -hmm. you may or may not know is my not my home state but my uh, alma mater I'm a Razorback, um, right. and so you're from Mount Ida, Arkansas, yeah. right? And yeah. Wachita National Forest. That's so, right. lots of uh, great bodies of water, great fisheries across Arkansas. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of your favorite places to fish when you're, you know, at home or you're taking the family fishing or something like that? You know, Wachita is obviously my favorite lake. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, when I I grew up in Hot Springs and, and fished Hamilton a lot. Of course, it's right there at Hot Springs, and then I moved up to Wachita, and it's a uh, Beautiful lake, it's a wilderness and, and all that. All that being said, you know, it's a quirky lake. It's it's not the easiest lake in the world to fish. Clear water and, and the bass are pretty fickle there, but it's a great lake. But, you know, Arkansas is, we're, we're blessed there in that, you know, an hour or so drive from my home, I could be on the Arkansas River. I could be down on Lake Millwood. Uh, so we've got a lot of different, you know, diversity diversities you know diverse waters there's things that are you know a lot of states aren't that way you know you know i can go an hour north or an hour south or i can stay home or i i've got all these different options so you know i've got twin boys now they're 15 and they're really into the high school fishing and all that and I, you know you boys don't realize how lucky you are that within a short drive of home from home you can be on a river you can be on a lowland reservoir you can be on a highland reservoir you can be in grass you can be in you know all these different types of of, of waters and, and it's all right here you know in your backyard so how do you uh, think that formed you as a fisherman having access to all those really diverse fisheries oh it, it helped a lot i mean it, it did without a doubt you know um 
The only thing we don't really have in Arkansas that I wish we did is, is really good smallmouth fishing. Uh, the northern Arkansas lakes, uh, Bull Shoals, and of course Table Rocks, partly in Arkansas, and, and even Beaver, uh, they're not too far from yeah. where you went to school. Uh, th those are decent, you know, smallmouth fisheries, and I think we're going to see them get better in time. But, uh, uh, I mean, you think about it, there's just about any type of water you want to fish in that state. Well, so, it is a natural state. It so is a natural state. It's a great right. place. Yeah, well, that's awesome. So, well, I have to say also, if your boys are coming up and if they're going to go to the University of Arkansas, when I was there, they were national champion bass fishermen. You know, yep. they're bass yep. fishing teams. Some great schools in the SEC yep. that yep. have great bass fishing programs. So, um, what do you see kind of having some skin in the game, I guess, with your yeah. kids being there in that growth in the high school fishing and the college fishing, um, that maybe some of those programs that weren't there when you were coming up, as yeah. far as clubs that are building people up to, you know, the local bass club. Yeah, it's, it's pretty neat to watch, you know, um, like I said, I've got boys 15. Uh, one of them last year was a junior world champion, won that over at Lake Gunnersville. Uh, they both won state championships, uh, junior state championships. So they're just now, you know, to the high school level. But they've been in it for three or four years already. So, you know, watching it all happen, and uh, I didn't really have any skin in the game until my boards come along. I just kind of watching it, you know, and I, I watched colleges uh, start to you know, have fishing teams and then high school fishing. High school fishing is big in Texas. It's big in many states, and it's, it's really growing in Arkansas, uh, but throughout the, the whole South and even up north. I mean, you know, high school and college fishing is really catching on. In fact, it was kind of neat, uh, not far from here in Marshall, Texas, uh, East, Tex East Texas Baptist University is up there, and they have made a few calls, you know, mm -hmm. uh, regarding Fisher, my one of the twins, you know, going to school there. So... You know, we went back for a campus visit. Now, you know, it was just it was just kind of a wake up call for the kids, like, hey, this is what's ahead of you. I mean, you're gonna go to university somewhere. This is just one example of what one looks like. And it's a small campus and got a good fishing team, a good program, and all that. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's great. And you know, I, I talked to a lot of kids about it. Their learning curve is short. I mean, what it took me it took me years to learn. They can learn it, boom, just like that. But they still have to 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 learn when and, and why and where to do all that stuff. So they where they lack the experience, they have it in their head, and you know they they've got it and they know about it. But you still have to to experience it. Yeah, you could watch a million YouTube videos, yeah, but yeah, until you get out yeah, there and actually start right, casting, right. you know. Yeah. So, well, he made it look easy on YouTube. You know why wouldn't it work for me? Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that so many times. But, but the learning curve is short now. I mean, there's a lot of information, good information out there uh, that's available to to all anglers, not just kids, but to all anglers. And uh, so that learning curve is short. But you know, still have to take it out there and know how to apply it. But uh, it's fun watching my boys. It's yeah. really fun because they're at that kind of hungry age, you know, where they're you know absorbing it all and learning and and. Uh, and I've, they've just now gotten to the point where I've sort of turned them loose, you yeah. know, on, on their own. You know, here, here you go. Here's the boat. Go, 
go fish by yourself and, and see how you do it. And, you know, they, they, they have some great days and they have some not-so-great so days. But you learn more from those not-so-great days than you do on the great days. Do you think that they have an advantage in some ways? And obviously having you as a dad is probably a great yeah. help, but also being yeah. around some of the other great anglers that might not fish the same style that you right. do, but they still have a lot to offer to, to any angler, be it a, you know, a kid coming up in the high school leagues or Absolutely. someone else. You know, uh, I know my boys, uh, Gary Klein and I are close friends. You know, when Gary and I are talking or Gary's talking, you know, they're just all ears. They, well, they want to hear, you know, every little aspect of every little technique and the line, the knot, and the whole hook and the whole deal, you know. So, yeah, there's there's certainly, you know, they've got a, a, an advantage there uh, just just with the company that, they're, that they keep. Uh, but still, I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, no matter who you are, your success is going to depend directly upon your passion for the sport and your willingness to do your homework and your willingness to put in the time and, and give it the effort that it requires. And there's no shortcut for that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got the passion for it and you're willing to do the hard work and all that, It'll come, and then even whether whether your dad's Martin Davis or whether you know Gary Klein or not, really at the end of the day has nothing to do with it, mm-hmm. you know, because it's there, you know, it's it's there, and I see kids that are, uh, and I call them kids, you know, I see young folks that are really passionate about it, and are, are growing knowledge wise and uh, everything, and by leaps and bounds. And I see some more that are, ah, well, not so much, you know, and kind of take or leave it. And nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But if you really want to excel, you got to have that passion. It's yeah. all about the passion. So for a lot of people who are going to be watching this world championship on CBS, you know, it may be the first time that they're exposed to this entire world of professional bass fishing. And, mm-hmm. you know, it could be kids that are weekend anglers with their dad or their grandpa sure. or, or, you know, maybe even people who it kind of, reawakens in them uh you know memories of mm-hmm. going out with grandpa or going out with dad when they were younger and it's something that now they want to get back out and try mm-hmm. um what do you think that means for for the future of bass fishing for the sport of bass fishing to reach such a wide audience so consistently for six weeks and you know where do you see us going i see this as being our shot mm-hmm. and you know the, the problem has always been with bass fishing, and I'll just be frank about it. Frankly speaking, the problem with, with bass fishing programming on television is if for the average viewer, if he is not some way, he or she not some way, somehow connected to it, be it a brother, a dad, a cousin, a boyfriend, or themselves, mm-hmm. have done it, or been to a tournament, washed away in, you know, some some connection, whatever it may be, if they're not some way connected to it, it's really hard for them to be a fan. Mm-hmm. And that's just the, it's it's not exactly like golf. It's not exactly like base, you know, baseball. The problem with fishing is you can't appreciate the difficulty in it just by watching a guy do it. Right. It's not like, you know. Uh, a major league ball player, you know, hitting a 95 mile an hour fastball out of the park. You can you can watch that. We've never done it, but you can watch it and you say, "Wow, 
fishing not so much. You know, he said, "Oh, that's a pretty fish." They're more they're they're more about seeing the pretty fish than they are the difficulty that went into catching that pretty fish. So that's always been the problem. So there's there's several things with this that help. Number one, they've got twelve characters to watch, big personalities, some bigger than others, but twelve characters, and they're gonna get to watch these guys. This thing they're gonna get to watch it as a series for six weeks. So. They're going, everyone's going to, man, I hope that guy catches, I hope that guy just bombs, you know, you're going to have that. So that part is all good, you know, and it's, it's, what makes it good, it's not like a one-time deal where, you know, it's a one-time tournament, you don't get to know these guys, you may like them or not, but they're on one time, boom, it's over. Now it's a series. Mm -hmm. We've got a little reality touch in there. So you, you get to know these guys a little bit. Uh, get to watch them, learn their, you know, their little, their little styles and their little sayings and things that they're going to do in the boat. And you form an opinion of those folks and like them or not, you know, next week, I want to, I'm going to tune into that again. Yeah. So it, it, you create fans by doing that, you know, they, you create a following and we won't call them fans, but you create a following and that could carry over, you know, in a, in a real big way. And it's also going to, I think, there's going to be some folks watch this program and they're going to say, man, that's a that's really a cool deal. I mean, golly, you know, they're they're fishing for some money and they're, they've got a lot of pressure on them and this thing's like a ball game and they they know the score. They know how many fish their, their competitors have called and my gosh, they're taking good care of the fish because they're catching them, they're weighing them and they're releasing them. So... Dang, it's all good. I mean, I I don't I can I couldn't dream up a better you know scenario for us than than what's getting ready to unfold with this event. Well, I'm certainly excited. I'm sure you are, and I know you need to get out and have some time and be able to tie on and just get ready to to compete tomorrow. So I'll let you go. Um, but thank you so much for talking with me today, and uh, best of luck out there. Potentially one of twelve people that could be the first ever General Tire World Champion. That'd be pretty cool, buddy. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks.